Hello and welcome to the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. I'm your host, Nick McGowan, and on this show, my guests and I unpack the stories that shape us and the lives that we lead on our path to self-mastery. So let's not wait any longer. Let the games begin. Hey, Maria. How you doing? Welcome to the show. Hi, Nick. Thanks so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about Mind Cluck. And uh, I know when I first read that, I was like, what in the fuck is Mind Cluck? Oh, okay. That might be about what it is. Um, and I started to look through your website and gone through some of the stuff. And we were going back and forth. And man, I'm just really excited to be able to get into this. But without stealing your your part of the show here, Maria, why don't you tell us who you are, what you do for a living, and one thing that most people don't know about you that's maybe a little odd or bizarre. Okay. So I'm Maria T. Finch. I am an inner intelligence coach. My practice is called Silence the Mind Cluck. Mind Cluck means exactly what you think it means, which is mind fuck. I created a PG version for the greater world, but on this show, I've been told I can let loose, so I will. Um, yeah. yeah, so, uh, and I also have an Amazon business. And uh, let's see, something bizarre about me. Um, so I'm four foot 11 and a quarter, and I love uh, old school rap music. So do those things work together? Or like, why would you toss those both out? Like, I'm kind of small, and I really love gangster rap. <laughs> I don't know. I like the I like the contrast of those because I'm like a small woman and yet I can rap run DMC, you know, easily. That's pretty awesome. I, I, I love asking that sort of stuff because really, and you and I, I think are akin to this, you never know what sort of things are going to come out of somebody's mouth. You have no idea what story is behind their eyes, what they've gone through or what they're into. And I've joked on the show with different people where I've I've judged different people, different things. And it's so strange when you hear something that's different to what you judged them by. And it's interesting to hear how you're like, well, I'm this tall and I really like this style of music because certain people might just have a thing about that or, or either way. Have you said that to somebody before and they're like, what? And they're shocked by what you said? Um, so I was an associate Peace Corps director and... The first time that I gathered with my volunteers, like in an evening activity where, you know, we're hanging out around a bonfire and something, and somebody said, oh, do you have music that you like? And I'm like, yeah. So I gave them a playlist that I was just rapping by the fire and they were like, whoa, because, you know, we're in Africa and they hadn't, they didn't know me that well yet. And um, so I felt like it was kind of an interesting way to introduce myself. <laughs> the hell of a way to introduce yourself by spitting bars well done maria <laughs> oh man that's cool so you were in the peace corps for a bit how long were you in peace corps and how did you get into that well so i was a peace corps volunteer myself in togo west africa um i it was just something that i really wanted to do and at that time it was quite a long application process i lived in the middle of nowhere i taught people how to farm fish in ponds and then because that experience was so significant in my life um, as i went through my career i decided to go back and become an associate peace corps director 
And then I managed a large team of volunteers in the teeny tiny country of Lesotho, which is inside of Southern Africa. Wow. You know, most people don't have a story that gets them even out of their own damn town, let alone into other countries and going through a lot of that. And I, I personally think that everybody's got to experience some of that at some point. Go to another country, spend some time because you'll come back thinking different. Did you experience the same? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, cross-cultural experiences have been a major part of my life. When I was 17, I left home and I was an exchange student for a year in Portugal. I lived with a wonderful family. I became fluent in Portuguese. I attended Portuguese high school. But the great thing was I had already finished high school in the U.S., so I didn't have grades. So I could ditch. I could go into town and drink beer. I could do all of the things that I would have never done when I was actually in high school because I was already accepted to college. But it was just an amazing cross-cultural experience. And I... By getting out into other cultures, it has given me a breadth of perspective that I really cherish. Well, so where did you grow up? Did you grow up on kind of like a farm area in the middle of the city? Give us a little bit of background on that. I grew up in Southern California in a beach town. Okay. Now I can hear it. <laughs> now I can hear it in your voice. I have the twang. I have the Southern California twang. My friends in college always hassled me for the way I say banana. Oh, Hey, it could be worse. You could be from Delco. So I have people that are like, do you want a glass of water? I'm like, nah, you can hold your water. Uh, man, so getting out into the Peace Corps, uh, especially getting over into another country at such a young age, was that something that you felt like, man, I really need to get out of my house and go experience something different? Or were you in kind of a good spot growing up that you feel like if you didn't go this route, life could have maybe turned out the same way? I was, I, w I have been very fortunate in that my family very strongly believes in being out in the world. So I was very encouraged to take these leaps. And I will tell you that as a 17 year old heading off to Portugal, I mean, I was terrified, <laughs> but it was, it was a really great experience. And having done it once, then I came back and then it was like, okay, the Peace Corps, yeah, sure, why not? Like, I can go to Africa. You know, I've already been somewhere where I don't speak the language and I don't know the culture, and I did fine. And so let me, you know, bring the world on. Like, I want more. I want to see more. Isn't that a beautiful thing when you get uh, just so terrified of the, the bullshit that you don't know? Like, you have no idea what's about to happen. But if you've been through something similar, you can at least rest on that and go, you know, well, I did something similar like this before so I can step out and do that thing. And a lot of people at times don't allow themselves to even have that first thing that they get through. So you doing that at 17 and then being able to look back at that, how many years later was that? Early 20s, something like that when you look back? So I, I was an exchange student from 17 to 18. I joined the Peace Corps at 24. So it was after college. And, uh, but one of the things that I still use today is Anytime I feel afraid to ask a question, I just remember what it was like to ask a question in a totally foreign language in another country. And then you're like, well, I'm in America. I'm in my own culture. I can ask anything I want. So it was a really big confidence booster. Wow. At, at a pretty early age, you know, when you think of that could have made or break you know broken you in that sense where you could have been like oh, i've gone through these things and kind of sheltered you a little bit more but 
let's get to the point of this episode now. The whole mind cluck thing, because that in and of itself is just a fun little play on words. But where did that come up through your journey? And at what point did it make sense to go in the direction that you're going now? Well, so my basically from the time I was 16, I would say I started to really look at why, who am I and why am I the way I am? And especially like for the things that would cause me to react, why would I react that way? And as you start to dive into that, you realize that the root of almost everything in life is mind cluck. And some mind cluck can be a surface level where it's just like, ah, eh, you're stressed, you know, it's something in the moment. But then there's mind cluck that's at a deeper level. And it's the mind cluck at a deeper level that'll keep coming back around, no matter how many exercises or meditations or whatever you do. It'll just keep coming back to you. You'll keep having that same thought coming up to you. And I, I really was like, no, I don't want that. You know, I want to figure out how do I shut that up? And, uh, and so that's what I started working on a long time ago now. Wow. You know, I, I talk a lot on the show about awareness. Like if, if you're not aware of something, you can't do a fucking thing about it because you have no idea that it's a thing. But what happened for you to get to the point where you were aware that, yes, in your mind, you could hear the shit that's going on and you go, I know it's frustrating. Everybody deals with that. But there had to have been some sort of breaking point where you were like, you know, cluck this, I'm done. You know, it's interesting because for me, I didn't have a specific event. It was really that I started to tune into my own, um, I call it my wise self. So my own inner wisdom, inner intelligence, whatever you wanted to, whatever you want to call it. And I don't remember a pinnacle event that made that happen. The truth is, as I have done more and more with my own mind to be clearing out my own mind clock, um, I have really recognized that that wise voice has always been there and that I just had to really learn to get better and better at listening to it. And so for anyone listening, I believe that every single person on earth has that wise voice. You have that inner intelligence, that inner knowing, and it takes practice to actually tune into it and then really start to trust it and live by it. And when you do, you get to spend more time feeling calm and confident and connected. Not that you spend all the time there. No one does. But <laughs> but we're looking for more. Um, and, and I do believe that there are some kinds of mind cluck that you can heal completely and then you don't deal with that anymore. Yeah, there's so many layers to it. You know, I, 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 uh, I've experienced in the past having conversations with clients, or friends, or even just family members about the things that they go through that they handle problems. And somebody brought up a, on some other episode, uh, if you're a level three type person and a level five problem comes up, it's going to shut you down. But if you're a level eight type person and a level three problem comes up, you're just going to knock it out and be done and move along in life. And being able to get to that point takes that work to do it. So it's oftentimes people have a hard time figuring out how the fuck do you get started with that stuff and not just being frustrated because look, it can be easy. Like if you tell somebody, 
you're chunky and you need to go work out. First off, that's kind of rude. You shouldn't tell people they're chunky. But if you're like, look, you need to go work out. Maybe you're saying it to yourself and you don't go to the gym, then you know that I'm not doing anything about it. But you can physically pick yourself up and go to the gym. But when it comes to the mind, it's not like you're going to go to a mind gym. Like I'm not going to go to Captain Fitness down the street and they're going to mind gym me. But how did you go about that? And how did you continue to work upon that? So... I mean, I started at a pretty young age, so I actually started talking with either a family member or a really close friend. And then as I got older, I probably, I, I, I had more awareness and then I could also talk more in, in a more sophisticated way about what my mind was telling me. And then I started working with a therapist and that was just totally amazing. I mean, the, I know that there, you know, everyone has different experiences with therapy. I have been very lucky <laughs> to have like absolutely fabulous like, experiences where I feel like it just makes me more connected to who I am. It makes me feel more centered and calm and confident and secure. And so I'm like, heck yeah, I'm going to do that, you know? Um, and, but I think like for somebody who's just getting started, if you feel, if you feel like your thoughts are something that you're not ready to share with another person, share it with yourself. So start by writing and, um, and be very kind and gracious to yourself. So don't judge what you write. Just write it, just write it and then stick it in a drawer. And then at some point you might want to go back and read it. Maybe you don't. Maybe just the act of writing it will be enough to just get things going. I often in life I talk about we face a lot of boulders. So this could be a boulder. A boulder, a boulder is the thing that's standing in front of you before as you're setting off on a path to achieve a goal. And I believe like all you have to do is get the boulder in motion and then physics will take over. Sometimes it's a lot of work to get that boulder in motion, but every little, sh yeah, every little shove you give it, it's doing something. So you can start with just very small steps. If you have trusted friends or family members, start with them. If you're ready to jump in with a therapist or a coach, go for it. I think both therapists and coaches can be fabulously helpful in all of this, because really what's helpful is to have somebody on the outside who can very gently say, oh, are you aware that you just said this? A lot of it is reflection, being reflected back and then understanding like, okay, do I agree with that reflection? Do I want that reflection to be different? Gosh, I didn't realize that I thought that. Why would I think that? So it begins begins you, it starts you, sorry, I can't speak English now. It starts you on a path of, uh, of self-discovery and being curious. So why the fuck do I think this? Why am I telling myself this? Gosh, I don't want to tell myself this. How do I stop? I don't know if I answered your question. I just kind of started going. So bring me back if you need to. Hey, you're totally, you're totally good. I, I appreciate where you're going with it. Especially when you think of therapists, you think of coaches, you think of, you, you're talking to anybody. The, the job of that other person shouldn't be to give you the answers because they cannot. I mean, 
honestly, at the cost of exposing all of us as coaches, we don't have the fucking magical answers. We don't. We know that that's in there and that, honestly, it's within that intuition, but it's helping people be able to connect with it, with it and asking the right questions that'll gear people toward that. But like you said, sometimes just the act of writing it out. I often tell clients and friends even just mind dump, just fucking shit all over the paper with all the words that are in your head. Just get it all out. And if it doesn't make sense, that's totally fine. But you might find a couple sentences in it makes sense or you get to something. And even if you don't, it's just that act of doing it. As you were talking about the therapist and even coaching, I think that's kind of along the lines of like the mental gym in a sense where people have had terrible trainers where they're like, oh my God, this guy kicked my ass or he was terrible or he played on his phone all day while we're at the gym or whatever. And some people have really great ones that know how to do it, know how to work with people. It's the same. So it's being able to start that. But for the people that hear it and they've heard it before and they get it and they're like, I fucking understand, but you don't understand the things that I've been through and everybody thinks they have their own unique situations. How would you suggest that somebody, no matter what bullshit excuse they give, what's the one thing that they can do to actually start to help them to be able to work through that and become more aware of it? I really think the best thing you can do is start to ask yourself questions. So part of the, in my mind, as a coach, what I'm doing is asking a lot of questions that are gentle, that are compassionate, that are curious, that are safe, you know? So it's like, I'm just curious. I'm not putting any judgment on this at all, but you can also do that to yourself. You know, so you might, you might have a piece of mind cluck saying like, you're never going to fucking get this thing done. And then you can say, okay, well, why do I think that? Or ask yourself, say, why do you think that? And in my experience, you'll get an answer. <laughs> if you relax and you're quiet and you just let it come to you, you will get an answer and it will be the right answer. And often that gets the boulder in motion. And then you start to go, oh, hey, wait a minute. Well, now I want to unpack, like, why do I have this other thought? And why am I feeling dissatisfied at work, at home, in a relationship, where I live, you know, whatever runs the gamut? Then you can start to question those things. And if you do it in a, in a kind and compassionate way instead of a judgy way, it opens you up to connecting with your own wide self. That, that's what I believe. Yeah, I, I, I love that. I know I'm going to say probably everybody would agree with this, that most of the stuff that we talk to ourselves about are typically negative things. If we follow the Pareto principle, about 80, 20, 80% of it's bullshit on us. And 20% might be like, well, you, you didn't die. So, okay, cool. And, and instead of having things that are just automatically praising you, because that mind cluck that just keeps running around and doing things but being able to break through that and actually step into things what are you doing on the daily to be able to do that do you journal do you meditate like what do you have certain uh systems or processes that you go through i do a lot of different things so I like to have what I call zen activities when i am doing a zen activity i let my mind be open 
And often I solve things when I'm doing that. So for me, this drives a lot of people crazy, but one of my Zen activities is cleaning. And so like I find cleaning very relaxing because I love having a clean house. So I like the result. But I also just find that like while I'm vacuuming, I'm doing whatever, my brain is is, is just open. And I don't usually go into mind clock in that time. Instead, it's like I can just drift a bit and I'll often just get a solution. Happens to me when I take walks. Sometimes I write. I mean, I actually love to write. If I'm in a particular uh, stretch of mind clock where I'm just fucking sick of it and I'm like, oh my God, if my brain does not shut up, I am, you know, I am like, I want to blow my head up. Then it's like, okay, write it down. So then I just start writing and I've done this enough now that just by the act of writing, it brings in my wise self and then right away. So I'll start out with mind clock. I'll be writing down mind clock and then I'll be writing down the solutions to mind clock. And then you're like, oh, look at that. It was in there all along. <laughs> oh man. And isn't that so interesting how your, your wise or the intuition isn't going to give you a bunch of random fucking words. It's typically succinct. One word, maybe a couple to get the point across. Yeah, it's very direct. Another exercise that I do, and I do this, I do this pretty much every day, sometimes multiple times a day. This is one that can be a little harder for people to conceive of. So what I do is you picture the, so you wanna go outside. It's easier to do this outside. So picture the globe and, you know, so here's the globe and North America's on the side of the globe and you're, well, and wherever anyone is on the world, in the world. So you're in Australia, you're in Great Britain, wherever you are. So you're picturing where you are on the globe and think about it, you know, in terms of north, south, east, west. And if you don't know, it doesn't matter, just make it up. So what I do is I go outside <laughs> and I look up and then, then you start to see the magic. The magic is we're all floating on this giant rock in space and we're held in place by gravity. And then you look at the trees and you go, wow, those are held in place by gravity too. Coolest thing is to look at water, like look at a river or the ocean and be like, that's only there because of gravity. If there wasn't gravity, that would be whoosh out in space. Then look at the sky, especially when you have a blue sky and you look up and then picture you're floating in space. And so what I find is when I do that, so I'm picturing the globe and buildings and people and trees and whatever, it's all just like a little layer of hair, almost hair on the globe, on the globe, things sticking up. When you, when you feel the magnificence of that, it makes any little thing you're worried about just seem silly because it's like, Look at, I'm on this giant rock floating in space. Like how fascinating is that? <laughs> and I know that's very out there, but what it does for me is it silences my clock because it's like, okay, I'm floating on a rock in space. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. It, it's interesting how people- <laughs> You're looking at me like, yeah, that's nuts, but- <laughs> No, not at all. I agree with it. I find it interesting how people look at things and will gravitate to things that make sense for them because everybody needs to pull something back to their grounding where they go, where can, where can I feel like, even with that, you're kind of up in the air, but you're still grounded by it because you understand I am right here in this moment in time. And I, I do feel a lot of people allow their energy to just be sucked out of them. 
and sponged out even where they don't have things coming back to them. It's just all going out and going out and they don't ever pull themselves back. You know, I have something similar, not where I go out and I kind of think through we're on this rock and we're floating around and all of that, but I pull my energy back to me and I joke about it because what makes, what makes it real for me is like the inner X-Men of like being a superhero and just pulling it all back and literally grabbing at the energy and pulling it back to you. But it's still a grounding mechanism where we all want to be able to get grounded to go, I'm here, I'm right now, what's happening? And sometimes it might even just take us saying, be here right now and just being in the moment to be able to do it. So I appreciate that you look out and step out to be able to have that kind of relativism to understand, you know, all things are relative, but I'm here right now going through this and that's not, it is out of this world. Yeah, it kind of is, but it's not, and I don't mean to, you know, throw the dad jokes in here, but boom, there they are. Um, I, I do appreciate that. Now going through, like you had mentioned with your Zen activities, that, I think that's a uh, kind of a sleeper agent that most people don't realize they naturally do. I think a lot of people will do things like that. Some people, it's the dishes or sitting out on their back porch or playing with their kids even or whatever that looks like. And we don't realize what that actually is. And again, it kind of gets back to awareness. If you fucking understand what you're doing, you can do something with it. Well, the other thing that's really important, I think, is that in our society, there's such a drive to like be busy every fucking minute of the day. And I say, don't. I say sit and stare, you know, or clean and stare or whatever. But you got to give yourself those breaks so that you can actually tune in and be like, how do I really feel today? You know, do I like, do I feel connected? Am I does some part of me need some work, you know, some help in, do I, is there some concern I have that I need to soothe? Um, am I just driving forward all the time without even paying attention to the fact that maybe I'm exhausted or I'm hungry or I'm thirsty or I'm upset about what somebody said or whatever. And it's like, if you take the time to step back and really pay attention to that, that's also part of tuning in. And the more you tune in, the easier it becomes to tune in. And then the more tuned in you are, the more that, like you said before, the level three, you're level eight and the level three problem, you're like, yeah, whatever, you know, moving on. So, and I think like that's that's the beauty of it is is getting to where something that might've really just like fucked up your day, now you're just kind of like, ugh, that's annoying and you go on. Yeah, and to be aware of that, like you said earlier, have grace with yourself. We've gotta be able to accept those little wins because a little win right now may be a huge win for you know you five years ago, or 10 years ago, or even six months ago. So being able to accept those little wins is huge. Yeah, and just being able to appreciate, I think, I think like anytime, so for example, say that you have, Say you have a challenging conversation with somebody and you're really upset about it and but then you figure out, you know, so you figure out like, okay, they said this and that made me feel insecure because but I'm not, you know, I know that I don't need to feel insecure that way. And then the next time you see them, they do the same thing and you just go, hmm, okay. And it's just like a non-event like that is those when when things convert into non-events like that is 
totally cause for celebration. And like you're saying, it might seem really small in the moment, but it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And being aware of that, you know, um, and compounding on those, you know, you got to love yourself and being able to work through um, the toughness that yourself will put you through and then being able to actually get that out and talk to people about it. And we've gone through a lot of stuff so far, even in this episode, and I feel like we could probably talk for another couple hours. But before we wrap this thing up, what's that one piece of advice you'd give somebody on their path towards self-mastery? Remember that any belief that you have about yourself can be changed. This is about the neuroplasticity of the mind. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So for example, if you think I, well, I, I can't think of a good example, but you think I can't do X or I'm not good enough for Y, you don't have to spend your life thinking that. You can change that and you will change your reality. And that's 100% possible. And being just having the hope of knowing you can change something. So something that makes you feel like crap right now, a thought that makes you feel terrible right now, you have the ability to change that thought and to feel better. That's awesome. Yeah, you have the power. Listen, an audience, you have it. It's there. Even if you don't fucking think you have it, we are telling you. Don't listen to yourself in this case. Listen to us. We're telling you. You have it. It's there. Just jump in and do it. And if you need people to talk to, reach out to either one of us. We're here to be able to help. And Maria, I appreciate you being on with us. Where can people find you? Where can they connect with you? Okay, so go to silencethemindcluck.com. That's my website. You can also just do mindcluck.com and book a free discovery session with me. And if you have MindCluck happening right now and you'd like to figure out what kind, go to <laughs> whatthecluckquiz.com and you can take a quiz and find out what MindCluck is loud and get solutions. That's awesome. Again, Maria, thank you so much for being on the show today. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. Another great conversation on today's episode of the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. So what did you think of the show today? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Check out the Instagram or Facebook page to join the conversation. If you enjoyed the episode, please jump over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a five-star review. It helps us be found and helps others be healed. If this episode opened your eyes, made you think, or smile at all, then I'm sure it'll do the same for your friends. Check out the show notes for more info from today's episode and check out other episodes on themindsetandselfmasteryshow.com as well as our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and look up The Mindset and Self Mastery Show. Thanks again to our incredible guests for being real, honest, and vulnerable with us today. I'd like to thank our sponsors. And most importantly, I'd like to thank you. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Your support means the world to us. And with that, remember, your mindset matters. And so do you.